The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a fun show this evening. We certainly have some great races to review, some great races coming up to handicap, and two great individuals to talk to. Our guest handicapper today will be none other than Bob Ralbird Roberts, an award-winning writer, but for years the handicapper at the Cleveland Plain Dealer. But we won't be handicapping any races at Thistledown. We're going to go out west. We've got the Pacific Classic carrying a million dollars. I'll be very interested in finding out who Bob likes in here. What a very interesting gamble for Jerry Hollendorfer, bringing the three-year-old shared belief in against last year's winner, Game on Dude. And then, of course, some great racing at Saratoga. Uh, we're going to start out with one grade one that's going to take place tomorrow, and that's going to be the personal ensign that just looks like a great matchup uh, between Close Hatches, uh, Princess of Silmar, and uh, Belgatheny, and Antipathy, uh, all these horses have raced very tightly, closely contested races the last times that they've met each other. Then at Saratoga, it should be a quick one, the Kettle One's King's Bishop, that's a seven furlong affair, and uh, I'll be interested in knowing who Bob likes in there, it's a pretty wide open race with some good angles, and then of course, the granddaddy of them all, you know about the Kentucky Derby. This is the Midsummer Derby. That's right. It's the Travers Stakes, a holy race of obligation. If you're a handicapper or a race lover, it'll go a mile and a quarter at Saratoga, and it looks like a great matchup. I think three horses will come to the top, and that'll be Bayern, Tonalist, and Wicked Strong. We'll find out who Bobby Boy Roberts likes when we get to that segment of the show. Our first guest, though, I was hoping that was going to be Chris McCarron, but uh, Chris uh, caught a flight out to Delmar. Um, not sure if you know or not, but Chris has kind of uh, changed his role a little bit uh, at the North America Racing Academy. He's going to pull back. He said he kind of got the, the seven-year itch a little bit, and uh, he's going to uh, try to do more speaking and being more of an ambassador for the sport on a national level, but he is still going to stay connected to the school, and uh, he's going to pick up the the one last segment of the racing uh, to teach the final semester of each group of students as they come through. Of course, uh, uh, the winner of over 7,000 races and master of uh, so many great upsets and a guy that's ridden so many champions be able to pass his knowledge on to some of these young riders. And 
One of the young riders that he passed his knowledge on to is a gentleman by the name of Ben Cree that I've had the uh, chance to get to know over the past several years. He rides uh, in the Midwest Circuit, uh, Kentucky, Ohio, and uh, Ben has now become the most accomplished rider from the North American Racing Academy. So uh, we're going to be talking to one of Chris's students here and talk about how he got into the sport. It was kind of a, a different way that he got into the game. Okay. All the leaves are brown, California dreaming. We finally found out where he's going to show up. He's going to leaf California, and it looks like he's targeting the Pennsylvania Derby for his return September 20th. The Derby, of course, now a $1 million race at Parks Racing. According to Art Sherman, the money's just too good. So, uh, Besides that, uh, he also gets a $50,000 bonus just for showing up, which is probably a good reason for the trainer to want to go there. Um, of course, uh, Chrome hasn't raced since finishing fourth, and in a very good effort in the Belmont Park, uh, Belmont Stakes, uh, failing to win the Triple Crown. But it uh, looks like uh, he's he's fit and ready to roll. Uh, he's Art Sherman says it's going to be close. Uh, he's the kind of horse that can surprise you. I always think he needs one more workout, but uh, he he trains a mile and three quarters every day, and he wants to have him at his peak. Of course, he's now won over $3.5 million. And uh, in the build-up to the Pennsylvania Derby, I think this is cool, he's going to have a workout between races at Los Alamitos. I wish more big horses uh, would, would do that. Well, uh, we finally got... Uh, one of the Bays brothers over the top, of course, the talented family. Tyler Bays got win number 2,000 last week when we were on the air. He was stuck at 1,999 in an 0 for 46 lump and then came back and not only won one race that got him the 2,000 mark, but won another one that put him over that plateau. Of course, uh, he's uh, from that famous racing family from Washington State. That he, His second cousin, Russell, who's famously known as North America's all-time leading rider in number of wins. Uh, the Tyler Bays also won the Eclipse Awards, the nation's top apprentice, back in 2000. Well, it looks like we're finally going to get to see Wise Dan back on the track, if weather permits. If all goes well, the two-time horse of the year is going to begin his road to the Breeders' Cup World Championships in the Bernard Baruch Handicap at Saratoga Race Course, and that will be on Saturday, August 30th. Uh, trainer Chuck Lepresti was leaning towards the Rico Woodbine Mile in Canada, uh, but he's thinking that he's uh, doing very well right now. He's on the top of the game, so let's get him in at a track that we know he likes. Uh, of course, Wise Dan has now earned more than $6.8 million. Um, but he's going he's to see how the race comes up. He's going to keep an idea on how the weather comes up. But the goal right now is to get him to the Breeders' Cup. And he says he's going really good. All he has to do is walk him across the street at Saratoga. As soon as that's over, he'll go back to his home court down at Keeneland and uh, they'll weigh their options to either run him in the Shadwell Turf Mile on October 4th. Um, and if not, uh, he might uh, just decide to take him up to his, uh, the, the race in Canada. As you know, he used victories in both the Rico Mile and the Shadwell Turf Mile uh, to win the Breeders' Cup Mile last year. Now, uh, he did not win the race at Keeneland, but I was there. Torrential downpour was taken off the grass, 
and I never saw sloppy poly track before I did that day. So it played against him, and it changed the distance. So uh, looks like Wise Dan will be making his comeback August 30th. Well, again, race we're going to look at later was Aired Belief, last year's champion, uh, California Chrome, as well as he's done. If there's a horse that can knock the crown off his head as leading three-year-old, it's Shared Belief, and he is going to take on his elders in the TVG Pacific Classic. He did draw the far-out 11 post position. We'll see uh, later what Bob Roberts seems to uh, think about that. And don't forget... uh, We've also got uh, Bayern, Tonalist, Wicked Strong. Any one of those with a, with a big win uh, in the Travers could also be vying for the three-year-old championship. So uh, the, the the interesting thing here is, and we'll discuss this with Bob, is that uh, Mike Smith, as you know, uh, has been the regular rider, Game On Dude, who won this race last year. He has decided to take the call on shared belief, and that certainly kind of tips his hand as to who he thinks is uh, perhaps the better horse at this time of their career. Uh, in breeding news, uh, champion English Channel is going to relocate to Calumet Farm for the 2015 season. As you know, they've been uh, upping their stallion roster. Uh, he commanded a 2014 fee at Lane's End last year at 25000 uh, He is owned in partnership by Brad Kelly, uh, who now owns Calumet Farm. So English Channel started his stud career in 2008 at Hurricane and then moved to Lane's End, is making another move right now, and he's going to be going to Calumet Farm, the farm you see on your way to Keeneland. He's got uh, 10 stakes winners from just his first two crops and eight graded stakes winners, so it'll be interesting to see what happens as they ramp up that program at Calumet Farm. Uh, now let's take a look at some of last week's results, ones that we didn't handicap. Uh, there's a, maybe a, a new Frankel out there, though he's not undefeated. Uh, Australia conquered older opponents uh, with ease, winning the Judmont International Grade 1 by two lengths from the Gray Gatsby. And he's another son of Galileo. Uh, He's uh, just uh, unbelievable. Leading up to the race, trainer Aiden O'Brien expressed some concerns about his fitness because uh, he had gained a lot of weight, but it looks like that wasn't a problem. He covered the mile and a quarter in a, in a good, solid time. His record now is 5-1-1 one, and one from seven career starts. That includes victories in the June 7 Epsom Derby and the Irish Derby. So he is already a dual derby winner. Australia is his name. Uh, remember that one. Uh, out on the West Coast, it was Personal Diary who uh, surprised in the Del Mar Oaks, 300000 up for grabs. That was a grade one uh, race, and that was not one that we handicapped. Of course, last week, the big racing took place in the Windy City. Let's take a quick look at that. A slew of good stakes on the card started with the American St. Leisure, and in this race, it was a horse who does not have to carry his track with him, but he certainly loves Arlington Park, and that is the Pizza Man. Yep, he delivered at 5-1 to one with Florent Giroux in the saddle. You remember he won the Stars and Stripes up there. 
He, he got away. He was uh, second for a mile, and then boom, bursted by three and a half into the stretch and held on to win by one over Dandino, the British bred, and Moro Tap. The favorite in there was Eye of the Storm. Bobbled at the start, didn't get the job done. Well, Frank Angst from the Blood Horse magazine was our guest handicapper last week, and we took a look at the Secretariat Stakes, and the winner in there was my pick, Adelaide. The Irish bred went off a tepid favorite, uh, went three wide, kind of drifted into the stretch, and just beat Frank's horse, Tourist. So uh, we nailed the exact in there, though it didn't pay a whole lot. Eleven dollars and sixty cents in the third spot was eleven to one shot Sheldon. But at least with Frank, we got home and we got the uh, we got the exacta done in there. Then we went on to the Beverly D, uh, Grade One, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. The winner in here it was the. Euro Charlene, that was the name of the three-year-old filly. She had a beautiful rail trip and swung five wide, came home to pay twenty-three sixty In the second spot, the slight favorite, Stephanie's Kitten, trained by Chad Brown and ridden by Frankie DeTori, who came with this horse from Saratoga, rallied from 11th, but was just too late. In the third spot was the Irish bred just the judge. And then from there, it was the Arlington Million. And if you handed me free money, I would, would not have bet this horse. This horse had never won a graded stakes race. The horse's name was Hardest Core, was third, and then rallied to win by one. 20 to one on the morning line was bet down to 11 to one, if you can believe that, but got up. Upset time, hardest core wins over favored magician, a little bit of a horse with a big heart, another son of Galileo trained by Aiden O'Brien, but just could not get there. In the third spot was side glance. And we'll take a look at one more race before we go to our break, and that was the Alabama grade one, $600,000 up for grabs at Saratoga. And the winner was Frank pick. It was Stop Charging Maria, who was bumped at the break, and then got up near the front and repulsed several lead efforts of other horses, just dug in so gamely under Johnny V, and ended up winning by three-quarters of a length over Longshot Joint Return, who had blinkers on for the first time for trainer John Service. In the third spot was the two, Miss Bessalou, Another long shot, 30-1, to one, but stop charging Maria, a Todd Pletcher trainee, a filly who was nominated for the Triple Crown, got the job done in the Alabama. All right, that's a look at last week's racing. Right now we're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back, we're going to talk to one of NARA's graduates, and that's one Ben Creed. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, uh, earlier this week, I uh, penned a story for Topps Magazine in Lexington, um, their uh, equine journalist. And uh, the story was about Chris McCarron and the North America Racing Academy. Some of you may have uh, heard in the news that uh, Chris is going to kind of back away from what we'll call NARA for the rest of the show. Um, he, he founded it about eight years ago, and uh, he just decided that uh, he wanted to pursue other avenues um, and kind of represent the world of racing on more of a national basis. He lo- says he loves to speak, and to be honest with you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better ambassador who's so intelligent, well-spoken, and has a, a true love of the game. Now, uh, he is not out of NARA completely. Uh, he's going to go back and teach the final semester of each group of students that come through uh, because that section is specifically geared towards race riding. Uh, other courses that the students take have more things to do with uh, the morning prep of riding, the horse gear, what goes into the prep uh, of a horse training and getting to the starting gate. But that last semester is specifically geared to the, the strategy of race riding and working with the owners, trainers, the media, the fans, the different groups of people uh, that are required of a successful jockey. And uh, I can't think of anybody better than Chris to uh, pass that lesson along. And certainly, he has passed that lesson along to our next guest, Ben Creed, uh, who, uh, as I said earlier, I've I've got to know over the past couple of years and has been the most successful graduate uh, of the North American Racing Academy. And with us right now, Ben Creed. Ben, how are you? Good, John. How are you? I'm doing fine now that I'm talking to you. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, I believe... Chris teaches you, and we'll go across, uh, you know, the, the lesson plan here in a few minutes. But I, I really think that a big part of it, and I think it's very important that uh, part of what Chris imparts to his students is how to handle yourself 
personally, both with the owners, the trainers, and the media. Uh, were you able to pick up tips from Chris on that? Because he sure is good at it. Yeah, he uh, he, he really is. He uh, he presents himself very very well, and uh, I, I I feel like you know just my personality it, itself. You know, I, I like to meet new people and, and talk to two new people, and uh, I don't really have a problem, you know, making friends with. Anybody never never did. I just you know, I just try to present myself as professional and uh, as friendly as I can. Well, you, you you've always done a, a great job at it. Now, for people out there that they're that are listening and they're going, yeah, you know, the North American Racing Academy, you probably got to be pretty kind of horse savvy, familiar about horses to even think about getting into that program. Ben, I find your story an intriguing one. Will you share with our listeners from the beginning of how you even uh, found out about the program? I, uh, I, I Google searched it a long time ago. I think, I believe it was 2004, 2005. I was, I was fresh out of high school. Now this and, was at uh, the urging of Mark Gidry, right? Yes, yes. My, my my whole life after high school, uh, all the jobs I've I've worked, you know, I'm I guess you call it real world experience. Uh, I worked. Uh, I used to run heavy equipment. I did construction. Uh, I welded sheet metal for a little while. And and you know, throughout all those jobs, everybody always told me, "Man, you're 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 so small. You're you're strong. You need to go to the racetrack. You need to be a jockey." And, and you know, me, I, I've been to the racetrack. Uh, I went. To, I grew up in Louisville. I've been to Churchill Downs maybe four times uh, by the time <laughs> I was, you know, in my twenties, in my early twenties. So I, I didn't know anything about horse racing. I didn't know much about horses in general. I had no idea how to get into it. And uh, my dad uh, was the manager of a construction company, and uh, he built. Uh, Mark Gidry bought one of their units. And, uh, that's, he said a good friend of his was getting ready to start a school. So it was a few years after that, after I heard that, I thought, you know, I kind of want to go to college for something. I don't know what, I just thought I'd go for something that sounded like fun. And I said, Hey, how can drag racing horses not be fun? I think I would, you know, look into that. So I Google searched it and Chris's school came up. Uh, so what was it like as, as someone who was kind of uninitiated? You know, I talked to so many guys that, you know, pretty much grew up on the backstretch. What was it like early on uh, breaking into a game that you were not familiar with? Well, at that point in my life, I had nothing to lose. If if it didn't work out, you know, so what? I'm I'm going to college. You know, I'm getting an education, which was my main concern at the time. Right, and, and I want our listeners to know that um, – while this is located at the Thoroughbred Training Center in the Kentucky Horse Park, that NARA has partnered with the Bluegrass Community and Technical College, and you actually get an associate degree, and it's a certified program in equine studies. Uh, it's not yeah. just a school where you go to ride. There's other things you yeah. learn while you're there. So I'm sure that had to help you learn from the bottom up. Absolutely. Absolutely it did. So what was the day, you know, describe, you know, the different semesters and some of the different things uh, you, you did uh, before you really started getting out on the track with Chris? Um, a lot of it was uh, just general, um, you know, barn rules, what goes on in the barn. A lot of it was, was hands-on, majority of it. I'd say 
better than 75% of the entire course was, was hands-on. You know, it was all done in the barn, which it, it didn't even really feel like school to me. <laughs> so kind of hands-on trial by fire. Well, um, what was it like when, when you first got a leg up on a thoroughbred racehorse with Chris McCarron? <laughs> Actually, the the first thoroughbred that I ever got on, his name was Mo, and uh, he was the school leased him. He he was a pony, uh, and Chris actually gave me my very first leg up on on a thoroughbred, and uh, he was first thing I thought when I got up there and I had my feet in the irons. I looked down and I went, "Wow, that's a long way down. <laughs> I better not fall off." <laughs> well, you know, the fall doesn't hurt. It only hurts when you have hit the ground. That's right. It's not the fall that hurts. It's that sudden <laughs> stop at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, you know, you, you told me something that, that, that kind of surprised me, and that was that d- despite Chris's urging and, and his head banging, that you really didn't get it at first, but because of a connection that Chris gave you, you got it. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, Chris, I mean, he... He tried and tried and tried for a long time, but it just never it never clicked in my head. You know, like, I never got it. Uh, and it, it wasn't until uh, he set me up with a job working for uh, galloping horses, galloping and breezing horses for John Sadler in Southern California. Um, I worked seven days a week. I was up at 3.30 in the morning every single day. I'd go to the gym, and then I would drive from Santa Anita to uh, Hollywood Park and I'd gallop, you know, anywhere between five to ten horses every day. And I just got to the point I was so exhausted and so worn out, I just said, I give up. I'm not fighting these horses anymore. And uh, that it wasn't until that point that I realized how to get, how to get myself to relax, to get the horse to relax. That was when it finally clicked. That's great. That's great. Well, obviously, you, you, you've done it. Um, you know, I've had a chance to watch you. Uh, you, you race a, a lot live, both in Kentucky and in, and in Ohio. Um, how, how did it feel in the early days of competitive riding, and how do you feel now that you've passed the 500-mark threshold for you personally? Yeah, I mean, your personal oh, development. Mean, that was... Uh... You know, when I first started, I didn't even know if I'd make it to 100 wins. I didn't know if I'd make it to one win. I, you know, I just, <laughs> uh, I kind of had a, 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 I got to where I could feel the horse under me and, and how much ho- how much horse I had left, how much the horse was exerted. And it, it's, uh, it's really kind of similar to, you know, the feel anyway of driving a car. And like when you're driving your car down the road and it's something's not right with your car, it's, kind of the same feeling on a horse. Uh, and uh, where do you feel you're at your career now? Do you, have you set goals for yourself? Uh, are are, are you, you, you happy? Uh, and I knew, know you've got one of the top agents in the area, and, and Jamie Fowler. Uh, he's mm-hmm. helped uh, Perry Utes <laughs> win over 6,000 races. Uh, how, how do you feel about your current status as a jockey? Oh, I, I, as of right now, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Um uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot of doors that I can go through, um, you know, a lot of opportunities that, that I can take. I'm just kind of uh, waiting for the right time. And, you know, as, as of right now, it's, I'm just waiting for that opportunity. 
Well, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the, the way you handle yourself, uh, both personally and, and out on the track, I get uh, nothing about positive, nothing but positive feedback uh, about Ben Creed. So, um, all in all, if there's somebody listening to this that uh, thinks about themselves or about uh, one of their kids, uh, would you recommend uh, going to NARA? Oh, I, I would absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's what got me started. And you know, I came from I, I knew nothing about horses. I didn't know anything about horses. I mean, in fact, when uh, when I googled the uh, North American Racing Academy, it said it was founded by Hall of Fame jockey Chris McCarron. My first thought was, who's Chris McCarron? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I didn't even know who he was. It's, uh, <laughs> Did you ever research nothing about horse a few good horses? I'm sure that had to be a thrill when you finally got there and found out who he was. And I'll tell you what, as much of a class act as you are, Chris is himself uh, a class act. And, uh, you know, when I when I told him I was having you on tonight, he was uh, uh, truly thrilled. And he said, uh, tell, tell Ben I said hi and best of luck and don't drop the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Chris. Yeah, he, uh, you know, well, he's, he's, the yeah, one, he's, he's the one that, that got me into this. I mean, 100%. 100%. Well, I, he's I know, the one that got me and gave me all the opportunities and, and uh, you know, to, to, be, to become a successful jockey. Well, uh, and that you have in your short career, already have 500 wins. I hope I'm in the winner's circle when you get win number 1,000, and I have no doubt that that's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been listening to jockey Ben Creed. Ben Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, and I'll see you in a day or two down in the paddock. All right. Thanks, okay. John. I appreciate everything. We've been listening to Ben Creed, a graduate of Chris McCarron's North American Racing Academy. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Bobby Sunshine. That's right. The one, the only Bob Railbert Roberts is going to break down some big races and talk some racing action. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Leave the bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
the job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, uh, gentlemen, that's been on the show before, no stranger to racing. Uh, he's a well-known writer, sp- specifically in the Midwest. His name is Bob Railbird Roberts, wrote for many years and handicapped for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Bob, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine, John. Was, uh, the sun wasn't out at Saratoga today, but uh, I had one trip note horse. I bet him at one, it paid nine bucks, so the... Sunshine was out on my wallet in my uh, ADW account, so I'm happy. There you go. Life is good. Well, we've we got kind of an interesting cast of characters right now, and uh, this has been happening over the last couple of years with the three-year-olds. You know, it, it looked, of course, in the spring that California Chrome was going to be invincible, and while he didn't embarrass himself in the Belmont, you know that he didn't catch his foot, and he's had to have some rest. But in the meantime, uh, we, we've seen a bunch of three-year-olds on both coasts uh, give some wake-up calls. Uh, believe me, uh, I wouldn't put a crown on any of these guys yet. It's going to be an interesting three-year-old division. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. I was lucky enough uh, to be at the Bel- at Belmont Park for the Belmont Stakes. Oh, really? Uh, well, John, it's a short story. It's a, you know, the, remember the great sports writer Red Smith? He I sure do. He never wanted to be a millionaire. He just wanted to live like one. I, I gave a speech at a Rotary Club. A guy liked my speech. He says, you ever need a car, come and see me. He has 20 car dealerships around Cleveland. Every so often he gets the itch to go to the races, and we go there in his jet. Whoa, get jet. out of here. I went to the Belmont. We landed at some airport in Long Island at 10 o'clock. We were at, had lunch in the track kitchen, went over to the grandstand, watched the Belmont, raced back to the airport. I was home before 10 o'clock. Unbelievable. That is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and, and uh, not to rub it in, but he just called and he says, uh, let's go to Saratoga this week. <laughs> oh, go, baby, go, because as you know from the card that uh, we're going to be looking at here in a little bit, uh, yeah. there's some fantastic racing. I know right. growing up in upstate New York, for me, the Traverse Stakes is what we call the holy race of obligation, and right. the entire Englehart family would meet there. That was kind of like our family reunion was in the paddock on Traverse Day up at Saratoga. Well, I covered, uh, when I was at the Plain Dealer, I covered four or five uh Travers. My best Travers story is my kid brother got married. It was a morning mass and an, an evening reception. So he spent the day at my dad's house. He got married on Travers Day. So all the uh, the grooms are sitting there on the couch. We're going to watch the Travers. And these kids don't know anything about horse racing, but they wanted to bet the race. And my dad says, come on, I'll book your action. So like six kids bet $10 each. 
I think it cost my old man about eight hundred. You know who won the dirt? You know who won the Travers that year? Runaway uh, groom. Flushing uh, groom. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, that was Blushing Groom, right? Blushing Groom or Runaway Groom? Which one was it? Was it Blushing Groom? Oh, yeah. I, it, it, might, it might have been Runaway Groom, but that was the year where the winners of the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont all ran against each other, there you and go. none of them won the race. All right. So here's my father sitting on the couch. He had to go peel off uh, $700, to pay these kids off, who probably never made another bet in their life. <laughs> well, that that'll teach him to book bets from uh, people yeah, that don't know anything. I can't think right. of how many times my son sent me out to the track with money, and I'd say, "Don't bet that horse," and he'd come yeah. home and pay eighty dollars and eighty cents. Well, oh, ta- talking about three-year-olds, let's go to who may possibly be the best three-year-old in the country. We don't know yet. I think it's a horse we're going to see for many years to come, and that's Shared Belief, who drew the outside post for the Pacific Classic. Uh, Jerry Hollendorfer must have uh, a lot of belief in Shared Belief. And the, the tip here, I think, Bob, is the fact that Mike Smith, as you know, had the chance to ride last year's winner of the Pacific Classic, decided to take them out on shared belief instead. What's know, your read on this? You still there? Yeah. I'm okay. asking, did you hear no, my question? That, no, I, that is, that's amazing that he got off this horse. But you know what's also amazing? The only time he got off this horse in the last two years was for the Pacific Classic. Yes. And Garcia, who's riding the horse <laughs> Sunday, is back on the horse. Right, right. And so how bizarre uh, you know, is that? As much as it looks like, you know, uh, you know, he's seven years old now, and it almost kind of looks like he's tailing off. If you really just put a line through the Gold Cup at Santa Anita, his form is not all that bad. And then he comes out, of course, Baffert trained horses always work good in the morning, but uh, spits out a 59-3 and three about 10 days ago. He may be right back on, on his toes. And the other thing is, you know, un- unless... Uh, you know, Irish surf or somebody presses him or shared belief, game on dude is awful game if he gets an easy lead. You know, he is seven years old now. And if you look, I mean, there's, you know, is the half cup full, is the full, is the cup half full or half empty? He's, he's, you know, he's only won one of his last six races. So he'd be the horse I'd bet against that day. Well, I, I'll be honest with you, Bob. I'm going to bet against him. And, uh, I, I, as easy as shared belief has won his races, albeit not against older horses, I really think he's dangerous in here. But oh, sure. and the other dangerous horse, I think, but I'm worried about this horse bouncing, is the seven Majestic Harbor. And I don't have any odds in front of me. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering who you kind of like in him in the Pacific Classic. Well, I mean, I obviously I put a circle around Game On Dude, and I put a circle around shared belief. But I tell you the horse I'm looking at is the eight horse, Toast of New York. Yeah, I don't like him at all. If you toss out his two turf races, this horse is three for four on that poly stuff. That, that's what Del Mar is, right? It's still the synthetic track. Until next year. And the horse is getting in, and yeah, right, everybody's going to get rid of it. Plus, look at the weight this horse. This horse is carrying 118. This horse is carrying 131 and 128 in a couple of races. So this horse is three for four on the poly. I'm going to take a shot with him. I mean, I, you know, I like to I like to take long shots and put them in boxes with logical horses. So I'll put a few bucks to win on them, but I'll put them in a box with Game On Dude and Shared Belief. 
I, I can't blame you. You, 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 make, you make a good good point for your cause. Well, let's move from Del Mar back to the spa. I don't know if you're getting there on Friday or Saturday, but we got, we got a race coming up here tomorrow, million dollar or half a million dollars, but it's a grade one. It's the personal ensign, and right. boy, this has drawn together a tough field. And I'll tell you, I cannot separate close hatches and Princess of Silmar with a razor blade. Well, they've been very hard to separate. That's why Princess of Silmar is, uh, is uh, unbeaten in two starts at the Spa and close hatches. I, well, I saw that race. I was there. That was uh, the Ogden Phipps was, uh, was Belmont Day. Will so you I stop those, rubbing my uh, nose in that? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> tough. But you know what? I'm looking at another long shot that I'm going to put in a box with those two. I'm looking at the two-horse, Stanwick. Interesting. Tell us why. Fifteen to one. I do have I the odds on this race. Uh, right. Bob's long shot, Stanwick. I know it ran uh, only two links behind close hatches in the Apple Blossom out at Oaklawn. Right. It just ran a game second against Antipathy, who's at five right. to one in this race. And I also see. I keep a I keep a trip notebook on races in in, uh, in New York. And that day on July twenty seventh, there was a heavy heavy bias. Speed horses were crushing everybody that day, and this horse rallied to get beat two lengths. So I'm gonna put, I'm gonna take Stanwick in a box with the six and the seven. I mean, or just keep, not even a box. I'll just, I'll just take separate exacta boxes, two six and two seven because, uh, I, I mean, obviously Rosario went to close hatches. He's gonna get off this horse, but and I like that. You know, that guy's a good trainer, John Sheriff. He's a very good trainer. Absolutely. Uh, I've always respected him. Well, uh, I guess if you gave me $10 and made me go to a window, I'd probably pick close hatches right. over Princess of Silmar. And, and, and the reason is, you know, I've got so much respect for, for, for Bill Mott. And oh, yeah. what, what he was said in the, in the media the other day on a teleconference call was the, the, the fact that this Philly runs very well when she has time between her races. And you go back yeah. and look at the PPs, and it's true. And oh, yeah. she's She's undefeated this year, three for three. She's recorded two back-to-back 100 or 100-plus buyer figures. I'm only scratching my head a little bit about Princess of Silmore, who I respect amazingly, and as you well pointed out, loves Saratoga, and as I'll point out, loves a mile and an eighth. Um, that At this point in her career, that uh, Pletcher's putting blinkers on her. I was just about to say you saw that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. right. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's the only little, you know, wiggle room I get between the two horses is the fact that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's putting a, a change on a, on a horse with this much experience. It's won over $2 million at this point in his career. But he did say uh, in the media that uh, he has been working her. Uh, with the blinkers on, and she seems to like it and, and relish it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it'll, it'll be a, a very close race. And again, right. I, I just spoke briefly about Antipathy, a horse that certainly can't be thrown out. Depends on the weather up there, Bob. You never know. And she looked awful good in the Shoe V on a muddy right. Saratoga track going the same distance, a mile and an eighth. So she's won at Saratoga. She's won going long. Uh, she's a daughter of AP Indy, trained by Karen McLaughlin. Awful. It's a short field, but man, it's very deep in talent. And you, you really can't throw out the Delaware handicap winner, Bel Galante. Right. I agree. 
It's t- oh, hey, these yeah. are tough races. By the way, you see how many races they have at Saratoga on Saturday? I remember a quote before the season started from the uh, either the uh, the president or the racing guy says we're going more on uh, we're going more for quality than quantity this uh, this summer at Saratoga. And that's that's why at the track we're opening up uh, um, 45 minutes early because the first race goes off at 11:35. So make sure you get to the airport on time. Yeah, at 14 races. I mean, I mean, you're asking a lot for people to stay. uh, You know, I mean, wow. Like Major League Baseball would have like 14 inning games. Come on, that's too much. (laughs) That's too long of a day. My goodness gracious. Well, with all the time those guys spend know. on the mound and spitting and adjusting their wristbands, well, that, well, uh, that, they yeah, right. could. Yeah, they're doing that. Did you have you watched any of the Little League World Series? You know they have reviews now. It's no like challenges. In but League. I have watched it. Yeah, and I guess as long as your challenge is correct, you could challenge until you have one wrong. You you can just keep challenging the whole game. Well, they're going to make that four <laughs> hours now before it's all over. <laughs> nah, they got to go. I, I, I hope this new commissioner speeds things up and tells the guy, "Hey, you got oh. twenty seconds on the mound to get the next yeah. pitch across the plate." You know, unless you've yeah. got a real excuse. But, but you know, he's not telling you. About four or five years ago, they added an extra fifteen or twenty seconds between innings for commercials. Not taking those out. <laughs> no, they won't. But the action, they will. Well, uh, my producer Michael's uh, knocking on the window, telling me, "Hey, uh, he's giving me the cut signal. We're right. going to go to commercial." Uh, we're we're talking with Bob Railbird Roberts. When we come back, we're not only going to look at the very speedy Kettle One Kings Bishop Stakes, but we're going to the Midsummer Derby. That's right, the Traverse Stakes at Saratoga. You're listening to Winning Ponies. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup travers haskell or your daily races don't worry let winningponies.com make some money for you have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at vapresspass.com that's vapresspass.com va press pass by voice america all access all the time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, uh, former columnist and handicapper from the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Uh, You've seen him on broadcast around the country, and uh, just an all-around great guy. His name is Bob Roberts. So, uh, Bob, again, uh, do you think you're actually going to go to Saratoga on Saturday? No, I think we're going to go Thursday. We don't want to be in that crush. No. I want to go say goodbye to, uh, well, not goodbye, but uh, Tom Durkin, you know, he's wrapping it up this week. Yeah. And uh, I've been, you know, I don't know if you know, but Tom Durkin worked for uh, the DeBartolos when they owned Thistledown and Balmoral. He called races at Balmoral. And I'm sitting at the Hilton at Arlington that summer. It was the first Arlington Million. And he comes over to me and says, I haven't heard from them. Did they like my work? I go, oh, I'm sure they did, Tom. They brought him to Thistledown. They thought he was going to be their new track announcer. But they didn't get rid of the other guy, so they had him doing vignettes, like this is how the racing office works, here's how the photo finish camera works. And then he didn't have, you know, once the race started, he didn't have much to do. I went, I had my two uh, daughters, who are now in their 40s, out at the track. They were like six and seven. I bought him a $2 ticket. He stood by the window and called the race for my kids <laughs> in the press box. Unbelievable. Boy, what a waste of talent. Well, somebody <laughs> didn't identify that. that. It's pretty cool. The form is doing a thing now where every day they're putting up, you know, the best of Durkin, and you can go back and listen to it. Yeah. And, and he really is phenomenal because when you listen to his race calls, you realize that he didn't have this stuff scripted out. All of a sudden, he would just grasp what was happening right. out there and would paint such a marvelous picture of the race. I mean, it was like putting a frame on a masterpiece. Nobody yep. did it better than him. You know what he's going to do? He's not calling the last day at Saratoga. His contract ends the day before the last day, and he's going to spend closing day as a fan out in the picnic area. That's fantastic. Well, they better have security because he'll be mobbed. He's so popular. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Well, listen, let's go to Saratoga right now. i got about seven minutes left in this segment, Bob. Uh, The King's Bishop O's brings out uh, some horses that are very fleet of foot. What you see is horses that were at one point in time intended to perhaps get the mile and a quarter of the Kentucky Derby. This is an eight-horse field. Seven of the eight were nominated to the Triple Crown. So uh, the King's Bishop uh, comes up as, as it has uh, every year with horses and trainer, trainers deciding that their horses aren't perhaps a two-turn horse but sure can do a good job at seven furlongs. I'm not going to tip my hand in here. I want to listen to who you like, and then I'll, okay. I'll, I'll chime in. So you're up to right. bat first, my friend. Well, the race is just loaded with speed. CZ, Wildcat Red, Fast Anna, the Big Beast. I've got a trip note in this race, and the horse is going to be a short price, but maybe it'll hold a little bit. I love the eight horse, Coup de Gras. It's off of what I call a power win. It was a sizzling race when it won up there on uh, July 26th, the Amsterdam. The race sets up perfectly for this horse. It's going to come from off the pace. I really like the eight horse a ton. How about you? Well, it looks like you were looking over my shoulder when I uh, marked up my daily <laughs> racing form, you know. Uh, 
Larry Jones has been high on this horse all along, and he was talking about the horse before uh, the Grade Two Amsterdam. And Rosie Napravnik just, you know, rated it perfectly. It was only a seven-horse field, but she was next to last at the half-mile pole. Lets this horse explode. Comes home with a 102 buyer. And let me tell you, Larry's got that hasn't been out since July 26th. Has since recorded two bullet works at Delaware. Uh, Coup de Gras is on her toes. The, 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 the horse that kind of fascinates me in here a little bit is uh, Fast Anna. She's listed at 6-1 to one right now. This has got to be one of the biggest jockey changes I've ever seen uh, from a 10-pound uh, bug boy, I think it's Mike Ritvo, uh, right. to John Velasquez. But that's not the reason I'm intrigued with this horse. This horse is out of champion Dreaming of Anna by Magdalia de Oro won its last race by 13 lengths under a hand ride. This horse could be any kind, Bob. Yeah, I know you're right. It's a Frank Calabri. He's a guy that dominates the races down there in Florida. Right. That's Kathy Ritvo's son. Right. That jock. Right. And you're right. The jockey switch goes from the bug boy to Johnny V. That is a big, uh, big move up, huh? Boy, but you talk about speed. This horse is reeled off consecutively. 21 and 4, 44 and 1 early fractions, uh, and doesn't look like it was under any pressure. I mean, we really could be seeing something with the, with this fast Anna here. Um, other horses that, that you mentioned, I, I think, you know, uh, Wildcat Red, who stumbled at the start in, in the Haskell uh, against Bayern, uh, turns back to seven furlongs. Uh, he won the Hutchinson Stakes at seven furlongs. I definitely think that, uh, that, that this colt could be a factor. Right. Well, how do you tell your kid who's not going to ride the horse? Huh? You're the mom. Mom's a trainer. You tell the boy, you're not riding up in New York. <laughs> you're just not going to get the mount. My guess is been Frank Calabrese made that call, made. Bob. Huh? My guess is Frank Calabrese made that call. Yeah, well, I'm going to bet the same thing you just bet. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's a pretty tough, tough cookie. That guy, I agree with you. He probably yeah. made the call. Mom's not going to take her son off a horse that he's two for two on, exactly, and and is going to get a weight break in a Grade One. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's let's move on to what has always been uh, one of my favorite races of the year, probably right behind the Kentucky Derby, and that's because I grew up in upstate New York. And again, the Traverse Stakes, we're going the classic distance, a mile and a quarter. Um, and these horses, of course, have had rest uh, since their their battles in the Triple Crown. Only uh, two horses in the 10-horse field were not even nominated to the Triple Crown. And let's face it, Bob, I don't know about you, but I, I, I think there's just three that absolutely go to the top. you got Bayern, you got Tonalist, and you got Wicked Strong. You're right. Those are the circles that I have. But... Uh... I'm not going to make too much money betting those three, so I got to come up with some kind of plan here. I'm going to, I'm going to probably, got... I'll box them in a trifecta just for, for uh, to get down. But there's a long shot in here that interests me too, John. Who's that, Mr. That, Speaker? That would be the four horse, VE Day. There's a big jockey switch on that horse, and he ran big against the track bias at Saratoga on July 25th. That horse might be okay. That horse might be okay. So I'm going to throw him in with the box, too. Who do you like of those three? Which one do you lean in on? Well, I think Bayern's going to get the action. I think distance is the question. Of course, the horse has just been marvelous since uh, Baffert decided to put blinkers on it. But I got a feeling that 
Another horse who's really moved his game up with blinkers on is Wicked Strong, right. who's uh, had a trip over the track. And unless Bayern gets totally loose on the front end, I think I think Wicked Strong is going to stalk him, and I think he's going to be right there. Whether or not Toneless used the Jim Dandy as a prep, I do not know. But I, I think I'm going to lead towards Wicked Strong chasing down Bayern because I think Bayern's going to draw the money, and I think Toneless will be right there in, in, in one two. So that's my try. Yeah, that's the horse that I uh, that's the horse that I picked to win the Kentucky Derby, and I, he didn't have the best of trips. I know he finished fourth. Yeah, who did? <laughs> Wicked strong. I, you know, I, I tell you what, I did a lot of research when I went to, to for the Belmont Stakes, and I don't know if you were a California Chrome fan or not, but I really think the strategy, and I'm not just blaming the jock. It may have been the trainer, the that crazy owner, or the jock. I thought the strategy to take him back in the Belmont was completely wrong. I you, totally agree with you, Bob. And uh, my producer, again, is tapping on the window saying, hey, Bob Roberts is great, but we got to get out of here. So I right, thank John. you so much for taking the, uh, spending the time with us this evening. We've been talking with, with Bob Roberts, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. Appreciate you, Bob. Take care, buddy. Okay, I will. All right, well, that was Bob Roberts from up in the Cleveland area, and then over from the Kentucky area, we were talking to Ben Creed, uh, and uh, I appreciate all of you listening. If you've got a friend that's interested in racing, tell them, hey, I heard a great show the other day, and it's on podcast. All of our shows are. So go to winningponies.com, get your easy win figs, and get yourself in the winner's circle overlooking the turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. I'm John Engelhart. Remember, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.